The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network in Houston, Texas for the 2021 World Series. Kicking off tonight, first kick, tip off, <laughs> Braves Astros. What if that's how it works? 809, yes. I don't know. What if I, they, what if Jordan they Alvarez, what? Jordan Alvarez and... I guess who's got who's got and Solaire, Solaire doing the tip or Duval? Duval's got some hops. Um, yeah, that's good. I think they should do that anyway, I, and then they could do ceremonial first pitches at the NBA Finals. That all sounds good to me. Uh, the World Series is about to start, Jake Mintz. We are indeed in Houston. We are in two separate hotel rooms. We are here uh, covering it, of course, uh, for our good folks, Fox. But we are here doing a podcast because oh my God, the World Series begins in nine hours from the time we are recording this. And we should probably preview it because the Braves and the Astros are in it. And uh, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I don't think we, I don't think this was a matchup many people were anticipating. But I think it's a pretty fun one. I think I, I'm pretty excited to watch these baseball teams over the next week. I agree with you. I the Astros being here, it's like yeah, like the the Astros journey to this point resembles what we thought it would look like. The pitching was good enough. The offense was incredible, and they were the best team in the American League. Right, the Braves is different. They thoroughly outplayed the Dodgers. They looked like a better baseball team in that series. The Dodgers did not get screwed, right? I understand that they lost those first two games on essentially a coin flip, both of the walk-offs, but the Dodgers lost. They were outplayed. It was not a fluke. And, uh, you know, if you if you go bigger picture, uh, the Braves, of course, winning the the embarrassment that was the 2021 National League East, only winning 88 games, but then, right, handily taking care of the central champion in Milwaukee and the would-be-a-champion in literally any other season uh, of their division, Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's not like they haven't proven themselves. And I remember saying this earlier in the in the postseason, like in the second game, I think, of the Milwaukee series, I was like, ah, we probably underestimated Atlanta a little bit. Like, they they did not they do not suck they they have a lot of good baseball players now if you look at their overall numbers they were like well below 500 against teams above 500 this season so they gave us reason to doubt them in terms of performance they gave us reason to doubt them but obviously since the trade deadline they have been literally a completely different team they've looked very 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 good so we enter this year by the way also about the dodgers like I was excited about the theater and the narrative of either a Dodgers Red Sox rematch, but more so a Dodgers Astros rematch. I, I was saying like that would be more interesting, but I gotta say it is more fun to see new faces in the World Series. It, it is it is kind of that simple. I know the Astros are not a new face, right? So that is that. But I am excited to watch new players in this context. Well, um, I actually so we're gonna go back and forth and and talk a little bit about you know, things we're just generally thinking about. And the prevailing sentiment around this World Series for a lot of neutral people is blah, right? You have the team that cheated against 
the Atlanta Braves, who I think a lot of it is them being the Braves and doing the chop where there's this kind of, you know, overwhelming vibe of like, uh, you know, around them. And I think that that's fair. And I understand people's skepticism. And it got me thinking like about what are ways to enjoy a World Series matchup that maybe isn't built for the neutral fan. And my mind immediately went to uh, Red Sox Cardinals in 2013, which for a lot of people was like, man, like, no, thank you. Yeah, um, and for me, me, that was that was definitely the one in the last 10 yeah. years that I that resonated the least with me. But yeah, go ahead. And, and it just got me thinking about, OK, so we're going to watch. Everyone's going to watch. We're going to enjoy it. The games are going to be good. The players themselves are still interesting. How do we as fans rationalize rooting for one of these teams? Because even when we have no emotional connection to either team in any sporting event, you are always kind of pulling for one team. There was a, you know, the football game was on at the bar last night between the Saints and the Seahawks. And I don't know anything about either of those teams. And for whatever reason, I was like, man, I hope the Seahawks pull this one out, right? Like we just pick teams. And I think people feel weird about this matchup. So it was like, okay, so why would I pick one team or the other? How do people rationalize a World Series that maybe doesn't interest them? And what I think is interesting about this year is that there's been a lot of attention on the managers. And Brian Snicker and Dusty Baker, it's very English Premier League where the managers are the main character over the players. And I find that to be a fascinating fascinating way to be like, oh, yeah, go Astros, go Dusty Baker. Or go Braves. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see Snicker win. Right. And Ron Washington, right, is another yeah. another part of that. Um, and I think, yeah, that's true. And honestly, that's I would say that's one of my, as a super-duper casual soccer fan, it's one of my least favorite things about soccer. But but in this context, I agree. I think it is it is a good point. Um, and by the way, I, I should also mention, this is a good part to mention here, uh, later on in the show, we are going to be doing a World Series MVP auction draft which the managers i do not believe will be eligible for uh, Should so be. we will not be we will not be uh selecting uh dusty baker or brian sicker but you'll hear that later with our good friend zach cram and mike we, we messed so, that up we should have we should have kept yeah. those guys in can oh, a manager yeah. actually have... win it can a manager win it i feel like no i don't know again like maybe there is a you'll hear you'll hear later a discussion about how lance mccullers jr could win it despite not being available to pitch so maybe why can't a manager win it who knows um but just wanted to mention that. But yes, no, I agree with you. I think it, it is interesting how much we are thinking about the managers. And Dusty's no surprise. But Snicker, I think in his own right, his story has also become very interesting. And, and I think that is, before we get to the players, I guess we might as well hit on, on the managers here. Because I think this is something we're thinking about. And we're going to kind of talk about all the things we're thinking about just coming into this World Series. Is It is a great contrast. Because Snicker has been a brave forever. This dude first managed in the minors with them in 1982. I tweeted this out. He managed Robinson Cano's dad in the minors. Okay. And Brian Snicker's not 90 years old. <laughs> like, His first year managing was the year after Dusty Baker won a World Series as a player. Exactly. Exactly. And like that, that puts in perspective. Whereas Dusty Baker, we know, is a very likely future Hall of Famer. Over 2,000 hits as a player, an unbelievable managerial career for so many different teams. I believe he's the only manager to reach the postseason with five different teams. Um, he's now won an AL and an NL pennant. He has, it, you know, his managerial and his, it's, it's, but it's, it spans the baseball globe, right? Everything touches us. Whereas Brian Snicker has just been in this one organization the whole time. And because of that, no one really knew who Brian Snicker was when they hired him, right? Whereas everyone's known Dusty for 40 years. Uh, but to, fact, to have these two guys uh, going up against each other is, is very, very, very cool. So now, nah, enough about the managers, because realistically, that's not, it's probably not what we're going to be talking about once the games get started. Maybe once it finishes and we see one of them get to celebrate, it will be very cool. But let's, let's, start, let's start going. What, what, do you, what do you think about, Jake? Once, I mean, the game's going to start tonight. we got Charlie Morton against Framber Valdez, two of my favorite pitchers in baseball. Uh, so I'm very excited for this, but but what what's 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 crossing your mind? I'm thinking about the left-handed bullpen in Atlanta and how that bullpen almost won them the NLCS because the Dodgers didn't have right-handed bats that could compete to the level that needed to be, and Steven Souza and Andy Burns had to come up in these big spots and they were bad, right? Like that was oh, they, a huge, they certainly did huge narrative and. 
thinking about how those lefties in the bullpen, how do they match up against the Astros lineup? And the answer is maybe not that good because the Astros are pretty righty heavy. Um, and it's a pretty good, I, I am a little more worried, not about like Tyler Matzik, but about, you know, like AJ Minter in the sixth inning against Alex Bregman, let alone Will Smith, who is arguably in the least, I mean, always, I know he's been good this postseason, but right now in terms of like, who's in their best form, another <laughs> soccer term, it's Matzik, Minter, and then Smith, right? And Smith's looked really good. Now you say it matches up well, I mean, yeah. They have Brantley. This is why what makes Astros so good is it's it's so unbelievably balanced. You have yeah. Brantley, Tucker, Alvarez, but then you also have to deal with you know Gurriel, Altuve, Correa, Bregman. Like it's it's crazy. There's no good matchup for them, and and that's been the biggest thing I'm thinking about as 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 I start to come to grips with the fact that the Braves are actually pretty damn good. Is that this Braves pitching staff, which we were skeptical of coming in and has performed very well, even starting pitching, which we did like. I just don't believe they've been tested to the same degree. We know how horrific the Brewers' offense was. That's no secret. But this was clearly a compromised Dodgers team. There were still a lot of very good hitters in that lineup, for sure. But without Muncie, once Turner got hurt, and whatever version of Trey Turner we were watching in the NLCS, it just wasn't that good of a lineup. It was good. It was good. But this is a whole nother ballgame, and that's where I think it's going to be a little bit too much for the Braves to overcome. That said, you're right. If this line, this Braves bullpen, which was was not at all a level, it's amazing how much we've come to know these guys, right? Because this was not the unit that we thought, oh, yeah, we were talking about Matzik, Minter, and Luke Jackson, and Luke Jackson struggled more. But they've done enough. They've done enough. And that is that has absolutely uh, been, been good enough. Uh, what is one thing you're thinking about, Jordan? I am thinking about, uh, well, one more thing on the left-handed bullpen. This is also interesting because in the 2019 World Series, if people recall, the Astros had zero left-handed pitchers <laughs> they they were like that's nah, not really we're not we're good we don't need that we're just gonna go with the guys with the <laughs> with the fastball over the zone of the curveballs and it it almost worked it almost worked i am thinking about eddie rosario and i'm thinking about jordan alvarez and i know we're gonna get to the the, the you know the world series mvp a draft later and i'm thinking about how much it, it possibly carries over because of course we saw last year with randy how much can it carry over and because we have had a couple days now, we had a couple days off, not just the travel day, to think about it, we're, we still have these images of the heroes of the LCS in our mind, and we just assume that that pushes over, and very likely that, that, that you know, very possible that that does. I cannot wait to see who is the guy that we have given zero thought to and has done actually nothing this postseason to have a moment. Because it's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to be. I know, you know, if we go back a few more years, there's there's versions of this along the way. But there's going to be there there are going to be players in the series that we have not mentioned at all during these previews, and I cannot wait to see who it is. And I don't know. There's some good. There's some strong candidates. I'm thinking about Dansby Swanson, honestly, who's been relatively quiet. I feel like he's a guy that uh, him versus Bregman. I know there's a good story um, I saw on LB.com today about. You know, the Bregman-Swanson rivalry that goes back to when they were in college. You know, Bregman famously wearing number two because he was pissed he wasn't number one. Now these guys are playing in the World Series, and that's pretty awesome. So Swanson is definitely one I'm thinking about. Is there any is there any guy that, that, again, we have not talked about that much this postseason that you could see kind of stepping up? Swanson is top of that list. And then number two would be Bregman. He's been really, really quiet. Yeah, it's both of them, yeah. And honestly, Altuve. I mean, Altuve had three hits. I know that two of them were home runs, but he only had three hits in the ALCS. And he's swinging at a lot of first pitches. His timing looks off. He's not getting things that, you know, pitches that he can drive. He's not dumping hits in in the same kind of way that he usually is. It's hard for him to be quiet, right? Because you just see him. It feels like he's hitting every 10 minutes and every game starts with him walking out of the dugout, right? But I, I think he could be due for a big uh, series, Jordan. I hope so. But we're always thinking about Jose Altuve. It's it's hard, just especially because yep. he's always batting first and we always see him. Uh, all right, what's another thing you're thinking about? The cauldron of noise in Minute Maid Park. So we were there yesterday for the workout day, and when the roof was open, it was an unbearable hot box of sweltering moisture. Terrible. Awful. Uh, then they closed the roof, and it was delightful. Air conditioning might catch on. I... I'm excited for the factor that the closed roof will play with the noise. 
I am expecting it to be very, very loud. It gets very loud in that building in the postseason. Yeah, I remember. So we were at uh, World Series Game 2 in 2019. And that game eventually got super duper out of hand. But the first couple innings of that game were, yeah, I mean, about about as loud as, as, as you know, we've seen. And we've been we've been lucky enough to, you know, to be at Fenway recently. And we know how, how loud that has been. So I'm I'm curious for you in particular who, who got to see not just the wild card game, but some of those DS games for the Red Sox, how that compares. But no, being inside <laughs> makes a difference, man. It, it absolutely makes a difference. Now, F- Fenway in the DS was louder than Houston even with the closed roof. I'm curious how it'll sound tonight uh, for game one of the World Series during intros. Uh, here's something I'm thinking about. Christian Javier. Ooh, good now, one. Now, Christian Javier is really, really good. I like Christian Javier a lot. And I don't know. I know he has not yet started. So he threw five scoreless innings across two games in the CS. Seven strikeouts, three hits, two walks. Uh, in the DS... He, I believe he pitched, let's see. Oh, I guess he pitched, yeah, he pitched once and two perf, two and two-thirds uh, scoreless against the White Sox. So he has not been scored upon yet this postseason. And we know, okay, so we got some awesome performances from Fromber and from Luis Garcia in the back half of the CS. Granky, it does not appear, is going to be able to be relied. I, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to start Granky again. Will he even be on the roster? I don't know. You'll know that by the time you're listening to this. Jake Odorizzi is the other wild card. We don't know what happened to him and his... He's warming up now. Emergency. He better. He's, he needs as much time as... as he gets as much time as he wants. Um, but Javier feels like the X factor for the... Screw it. We're starting Javier in game three or four. Um, and I just think he's awesome. I think he's capable of doing it, right? Because I know we've had so much discussion about, oh, starters, bullpens, oh, who's capable of, of opening and starting. Javier does feel like the rare uh, Swiss Army knife that is used to it, that has done it his whole career. He was probably piggybacking, you know, coming up in Houston and starting. And I just think he's really awesome. And I think he's a pitcher, too, that I'm I'm just excited to see how he's deployed. Uh, and, and that's kind of gets to my second point. But I'll, I'll I'll kick it back to you. But I am definitely thinking about Christian Javier. I'm thinking about the designated hitter and the lack thereof. There is the assumption that the DH will be universal next year, which means this will be the last World Series where teams have to tinker with their lineup and their order that they've been using all year. For Atlanta, right, it means that they have another hitter for games one, two, six, and seven in Houston. I'm curious who that will be. I would imagine it would just be, you know, Jorge Soler DHing. Yeah, they get their fourth. They the fourth get, of the traded outfielders out there. So he yeah. gets to hit. Um, but then Houston has to deal with no DH in Atlanta. And that means Jordan Alvarez will have to play the outfield because he's at this point must start. Got to play him. I mean, he he was, you know, OPSing eight, 800, 8,000, not 800. <laughs> yeah, come on. He was 800. hitting 800. Come on. He's hitting 800. Um, and that's going to be a big factor because. Someone will either they'll have to sit Brantley or play Kyle Tucker in center. And we talk about this a little bit later with Zach Cram and crew, but that's a bad outfield. And you're either going to have to, it's just weird to see a Astros World Series game where Michael Brantley is on the bench. Right, right. So, I mean, what would you do? Because honestly, like they are both on, on one hand, you could say you could afford to sit Brantley because your offense is so good and you need to have some semblance of defense. On the other hand, you could say, screw it. Like, <laughs> we're going to score enough runs that maybe our run prevention is a little bit worse, but we need our best bats in the lineup, and our best bats is the best lineup in baseball. So I, you know, could see it both ways. What do you think? I would start Brantley in the Framberg game because of all the ground balls. And I think I would start him in what would be... Man, it's so weird. Right, so the Framber game would, would, would probably would be, game be game five, game five um, on so Sunday. I would start him there because the outfield defense is less important Yeah, in that case. That's true. But then the, one of those games, I believe game four is going to be Atlanta bullpenning. And it's not like you can just mix and match through that one. So I think in that game, Brantley would play half the game. And then, you know, Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers, Jose Siri, they'll split the rest of the time. That's no that that is that is definitely 
definitely going to be interesting. I know Jordan uh, will. This might be some of the last times he plays uh, in the outfield. But what a time. And you got to have him in there. I'm sorry. It's got to happen. There's there's no it's it's there's I would be stunned if he is on the bench. Right. Like, obviously, he's way worse than Brantley defensively, but there's no way Jordan's not playing. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement about that. But we'll find out once we get to Atlanta. Jordan, what are the vibes around town? We've been here now for a day. Um, you know, we've ridden in a couple Ubers and talked to the the Uber drivers about the cheating scandal and whatnot. Yeah. What is your sense of Houston's current relationship with the team? So I think, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the fans' uh, situation in, in this in this World Series or their impact on this World Series. And, you know, what is often lost in the in the Astros thing is, is, is that, like, it sucks. It genuinely sucks for them, too, right? They didn't get to decide. They The fans were not coming up with the cheating scandal. They just happened to be rooting for them. And it's easy to be like, oh, how could you support them? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, what are you? you you're not just going to tell the people that have been rooting for the Astros for their whole life to give up on the Astros and start rooting for the Rockies. It's not. It's just not how fandom work is. It's not going to happen. Now, there are fans, certainly Astros fans, and I know this very well, we all do, that have taken to this cheese scandal in a ridiculous way and have defended it in a ridiculous way and have have taken a, a kind of a victimization to the point where they're like, oh my God, no, this is the worst thing. It's How could you How could you think that just because they did it that everyone else was like, yeah, we, we know that, we know all that, right? And have turned it into just like hating everyone else. But it's like, look, they didn't get to choose to do this. But the reality is they have had this unbelievable team now for five seasons, most of which hopefully they have not been cheating. And what do you what do you think? They obviously want to rub it in everyone else's face, but most importantly, they love this team. And especially with Carlos Correa leaving, this could be somewhat of a end of a chapter of this team. And so they're going to be going crazy. This is an incredible group, and I I can't I can't blame them. They, I this is this has been one of the most amazing runs literally in baseball history. And I can't blame them for for being a little full of themselves because it's a hell of a yeah. squad. Yeah, I just I thinking about the packed stadium and 45,000 people and each of them need to rationalize the cheating scandal in their own way, right? But you're right. It's not like they're going to bail. They live here. They're Astros fans. I'm sure it was frustrating and embarrassing for them. And they're going to go and they're going to cheer the team on that they like, you know? And I think it's pretty much, you know, if the Mariners were the team that had been doing this or the Orioles or, you know, the Mets probably, you know, are doing it still for sure, Bobby. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have jumped ship, well, right? And, and neither would you, my dear listener. Here's the other thing is that, like, while the Astros, a lot of the problem is that, you know, they have not appeared particularly repentant, right? Oh, they didn't get punished. Oh, you know, Altu- in spring training, Altuve and Correa, they had a lot of obnoxious quotes. And that's fine, right? There's a play. But, like, I can imagine that Astros fans, they want a clean World Series. They want one that they can say, "What? Well, like, sorry, our team's still the freaking best. You can't hate on the 2021 championship. Did um, Jake just say that the Mets yeah. are stealing signs and cheating? Was that was that the insinuation? I think so. That's a fact. I'm, I'm not sure if you watched no, them kidding. swing I'm through kidding, a kidding. lot of 92-mile-an-hour fastballs middle-middle. <laughs> if, the the if the Mets were cheating, they sucked at it. If they were cheating, they had all the signs, but the person relaying it was getting them wrong. So they were stealing the signs and then sending them incorrectly to their own players, which is why they just swung under every fastball. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But no, I just feel like the, like the Astros fans, I bet they, whereas the, the actual team doesn't feel like, like I'm sure anyone that was on the 17th is like, no, I won the World Series, right? You can't take that away from them, and that's fine. You, you can believe that. But like, I'm sure the fans are like, no, like, I want to win one for real. And they have a pretty damn good chance. So I think, uh, yeah, I like I, I, I like their chances. Two more questions for you, Jordan. Yep. This is not sponsored content. Steal a base, steal a taco, Jordan. Who yeah. is going to do it? So I think Ozzy and Altuve are far and away the most likely candidates now. Martin Maldonado is a very important character in this story. The catchers are a much more important character in this story than the runners in this case, because Maldonado is one of the best in the world, and Travis Darno is not that. Um, so now, but if you think tonight, like, okay, if we're if we're assuming it's going to happen in game one, 
it's going to be pretty hard for Ozzy or anyone of the Braves to steal on Fromber and Martin Maldonado versus, you know, Charlie Morton and Darno. Now, that said, if it goes to game two, we still don't have a stolen base yet. You know, stealing on Freed is certainly harder than than stealing on, on Morton and Darno. So I don't know. I, I'll I'll still I I think Altuve tonight is my pick. Okay. What do you think? All right, that's a good you, pick. You, I think that's any dark horses. I, I, I mean, I, I know go, that people are running like crazy. I will go Ozzy off of a reliever tonight in game one. And it'll be like Maldonado will have a perfect throw, but it won't matter because uh you know, Brooks Raley's just taking his time getting the ball to the plate. The key with uh, the key with Freed is to just run mid delivery, freak him out, and then have him being the batter. Mm, but that would that count? This is this would no, be it interesting. wouldn't. It wouldn't this count would as a stolen base. For, for, <laughs> we want to put Taco Bell in a tough spot to make a ruling. Oh, on <laughs> dude, if it's defensive indifference, can you imagine? Like, and you know, because during the Taco Bell commercial, it's it's always the guy sliding in dramatically. <laughs> But if it's an uncontested play, it's just him like what slowly like, jogging in a second. What if it's like the situation, you know, where we've had like the the intentional balk? That's right? not a steal. <laughs> no, but like what no, if you have a like not even a good one. you just let him you just let him walk to third. Not even intentional balk. Here's a good one. Ready? Yeah. The one where there's the interference at home and the catcher is obstructed by the hitter walking wait, across. Wait, hold on. Why haven't we talked about double steals? Balk a base, burgle a taco. How? <laughs> How? Oh, so the pitcher, the pitcher is the one that is rewarded. Uh, no, but what what happens with the double steal? The, oh, we haven't had that the first runner. The first runner would be awarded it. I, mm, probably if Randy, if Randy was still here, he would still home to get the taco. I know. Uh, Jordan, last thing before we move on to our our auction draft with our yep. friends, who's going to win the World Series? Um, so again, I when the postseason began, I said Astros. Over Brewers. What I really meant was Astros over Brett, 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 Brett. <laughs> and uh, I'm sticking with Houston. Atlanta has sold me to the point where this will, this should be a competitive series. Atlanta has not lost at home yet. So that's an, an important uh, uh, little factor here once we do go back to Atlanta. I just think this Astros team is just, it's, it is, it is like the offense in particular is, 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 you know, streak proof. Like, if some guys start to go cold, it's fine. You just mentioned Altuve had three hits. It didn't matter. The offense scored a billion runs anyway. And that's kind of how this team works. And I just think that Atlanta's pitching is going to be overwhelmed. And so I'm going to say Houston in five. What do you think? I took Rays Giants. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't right if you, about if you that. Checked in, if you checked in like two days into the DS... Jake like, was right. feeling pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Right after game one for both teams. Right I was after game one high. for both teams, it was like, oh, Jake might have nailed this. But I didn't. Uh, I I have wavered back and forth. I'm going to take Braves in seven. Uh, I I wrote about this a little bit, but like the the best team does not always win the World Series. The Astros are the better team. I fully believe that. I don't think that their bullpen has been tested to the same extent that Atlanta's has at this point. And Atlanta has shown an ability time in and time out to score late in games, to push runs across when they need to. And I like their offense late in games against Houston's bullpen. Um, That's a, I think That is a good point. That is a good point. I, I think they'll steal one in Houston in the first two games. And then the series will come back here and they will lose six and win seven. All right. Well, that's a good call. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point because the Braves they've been tested more like in crazy leverage, right? Like Correct. I mentioned, how they haven't faced a team like Houston, and I still believe that. But they have been. T- whereas, like I think I, I think I, I mentioned this. I know that a lot of the runs have been scored late. The Astros, eight of the ten games they've played this postseason have been decided by at least five runs. Um, so Dusty hasn't even really managed that many close games yet. Uh, this month, and I think that's going to be really interesting if he if he does actually have to make some tough decisions. Whereas, so so far, it's been like, oh, we're either down by nine or we're up by nine. So just let it ride, Jacob to Rizzi. Do your best, uh, Bobby. You got a pick for the World Series? Do you have a prediction of who will win the tournament? 
Yeah, do I have to say how many games though? I hate saying the games because you always sound the games. You sound rude if you say five. You sound I guess I'm like rude. A, safe if fine. you say six. You sound safe if you say six, and then you sound like you just want too much drama if you say seven. Uh, well, what about Astro- four? No one ever picks a sweep. Yeah, because it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Astros in five. Let's go. Astros in five. You're with me. You're with me. All right. I'm with you. Uh, I can't tell if that's what I think is going to happen or if that's what I really need as the Mets fan on the podcast to happen because we we just can't have a world in which every time the Mets play the Braves next year, I have to hear them be like, and the defending champion Atlanta Braves. It's going to be tough. (laughs) We obviously have not had a sweep uh, since 2012. Um, But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just, it just feels like this is the end of this five-year Houston story and Dusty Baker. And I wonder if Dusty comes back if he wins. He feels like he's having a great time still. For what? <laughs> I, I know. It would be like, for what? Um, just because he's doing really well and he likes yeah. doing it. But that would be interesting. Anyway, all right. We're going to take a quick break and we will return with our with our World Series MVP auction draft with Zach Graham and Mike Bell. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. And welcome back to Baseball Barbecue on this World Series Day. For the second half of this episode, we are going to do the crossover event that the entire universe has been waiting for as we welcome in our good friends, or at least two of them from the Ringer MLB show, Zach Cram, Michael Bauman. Uh, welcome and hello. Hello. It's weird having Mike not welcome me. Crossover. Yeah, someone else out there thinks you're welcome. How about that? Uh, so we're going to be doing a little auction draft situation today. Now, this we should say this was Mike and Zach's idea. So I'm going to kind of kick kick it to them and let them provide the overview for the exercise we're about to undergo. After the rousing success of our World Series auction draft, I think in August, early September, where we picked the teams we thought would win the World Series, and uh, we removed Ben from the competition early because I have the Astros remaining and Mike has Atlanta remaining. So we're on pins and needles for this ben, World Series. Ben but was we thought so we embarrassed. Would... Ben was so embarrassed. He invented <laughs> a baby so he wouldn't have to come on the pod with us and and uh, feel his shame. Fake that. We yeah. figured we would carry that exercise over to predict World Series MVP, which 
in many ways is a much harder exercise because it's kind of obvious who the contenders are for the World Series, but anyone can win World Series MVP. It is a much goofier uh, exercise. Obviously, if you go through uh, the list of World Series MVPs, it is littered with complete randos and Hall of Famers alike. Um, and that is what is going to make this interesting. Now, I understand that we have sent our, our respective uh, budgets at $200. We will each be selecting, uh, bidding on at least, we're each acquiring at least three players. Is that correct? So 12 candidates will be chosen Actually, in this draft. Jordan, Jordan yeah. uh, Steve Cohen just gave me an extra $200. Oh, oh. So oh, I'll nice. have a budget of $400. Well, he doesn't have a GM to give it to, so I understand why he gave it to you. Uh, Bobby Wagner, do you have any thoughts before we get started? No, I'll just say for listeners at home, um, and maybe listeners who hadn't heard the one that we did on hmm. the MLB show, uh, the way that it works is that it'll just go in a rotation of who gets to nominate a player to go up for the auction draft. And then at that point, anybody can bid for that player. I'll keep a loose timer here going in between bids, basically like 40 seconds or so. Um, and I'll let you guys know as the clock is running down. Don't run out the clock too much. If you know who you want, you know who you want. Keep your bids going. Um, who is going to do the going once, going twice? I guess it's just if it's our own bid or what do you think? I, I will do that. Okay. All right. So Bobby will uh, be auctioneer. And uh, we will begin, but we will, of course, be nominating the players. All right. So what is the order? Who is going to begin with the nominations? Again, we're going to uh, do 12 players. Also, I guess in this situation, we probably don't want to be nominating players that aren't going to get because you don't want to get stuck right in a normal auction draft. You might throw out a player that you don't actually want. <laughs> we probably shouldn't be doing that in this situation. Yes, correct? probably because you okay. might end up with that player as exactly. one of your three. OK, all right. Understood. I'll start. I'm just going to go. Wow, uh, Jake's just jumping the gun. I was going to say in order, but Jake's just <laughs> taking over this draft. I'm going to go and I'm going to... It's on brand, if nothing I'm, else. I'm going to nominate Charlie Morton. And okay. I'm going to start start it at $5. $5. I will go to $40 for Charlie wow. Morton. All right, take him. $40. I'm getting three players. That's fine. I'll, I'll go for 40 going once. 40 going twice for I'll Charlie go, I'll go 45. 45. Oh. <laughs> okay. Jake's learning how this works. All right. Cram and Bauman appear very silent on the Zoom. Oh, I, will no. go to, I will go to $50 for Charlie Morton. 50 going once. 50 going twice. And sold to me. Game one starter, Charlie Morton. Does he have more magic? There we, all right. There we go. I'll take a game one start. That's fine with me. I think this is a good opportunity to talk about how difficult it is to win <laughs> any postseason MVP mm-hmm. award as a pitcher nowadays Absolutely. because you only make two starts and you have to have, in my mind, it's like a pitcher winning the actual MVP. Everyone else has to underwhelm. There needs to be no obvious offensive candidate in order for a pitcher to win it. Uh, and just, of course, for historical precedent, of course, we know Strasburg 2019, Bumgarner 2014. Uh, Cole Hamels, Rivera. 2008. So, you know, it's not impossible. I, it has to be probably one of the first two games. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right, fine, whatever. I'll take Charlie That's Morton. the archetype. And if there's one pitcher who I think is going to go deep into games out exactly. of the starters, he's probably it. There you go. All right, great. Well, there's. I got. I filled one spot, $50 for Charlie Morton. Uh, Bobby, who's going next? Are we sure that there are any other starting pitchers in this series besides Charlie Morton? I guess we <laughs> Framber, shout out Framber. Max Fried, shout out Framber. But yeah, I think there's I think, we can count them on one hand here, guys. There's yeah. more people participating in this auction draft than there are starting pitchers in this I know. series. Should I, so then it's like, is it does it make it a better or worse pick? I don't know. All right, who's going next? Uh, Bowman, you're up next. All right, I'm going to nominate uh, the ALCS MVP. You mentioned Cole Hamels. There's a uh, a precedent for a player winning the LCS MVP and World Series MVP in the same year. Uh, he hit five fifth or five twenty two in the ALCS, and I'm going to start the bidding at twenty dollars for Jordan Alvarez. Ninety dollars, ninety nine dollars. I think Jordan hit so well in the ALCS that he obviated any question about whether he will play in the field in games three through five. There's no way you can keep him out of the Were there questions before? Come on now. (laughs) He didn't start every game in 2019 when he was just as good a hitter, if not better. He also has one concern that popped into my brain is the Braves lefty heavy bullpen, but he has reverse splits, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he, in his career, he has a 950 OPS against righties 
and a 945 OPS against lefties. Okay. Oh, so, so he might struggles. as well not exist. Yeah. Zach is holding the a bid at $99. There's yeah. five he seconds left on the clock. He did it. Yeah. Would anybody like to beat to go that? Now. Going once. 99 going once to Jordan for going Mr. Twice. I'll go to 100. Oh. <laughs> You're that guy. You're that guy. <laughs> I'll go to 101. Jordan 101. <laughs> you can have him at 101. <laughs> wow. Can you guys tell? Can you guys tell that I haven't played fantasy baseball or done an auction draft in eight years? Yeah, I hadn't. I hadn't either. This is what Zach did during our World Series winner draft: is he would put up a big bid and then talk and then run out the clock so nobody else would bid yeah. over him. Oh, you I'm Zach. sorry for trying to create good podcast content for our listeners. You're one hundred and one. too rich for me. You're on to cram for one hundred and one. Going once, going twice. Sold. Zachary, congratulations. We'll see if Jordan can keep the magic going. Who's up, Bobby? Jordan, you're up. My name is Jordan Schusterman. I am nominating Jose Altuve for $10 is on the block. Jose Altuve, $10 going once. Jose Altuve. Nobody wants Jose Altuve. All right. Uh this is wonderful. I'll go to 15 for Altuve. <laughs> we have $200 for three players. What are we yeah, waiting for? <laughs> I'm waiting for, uh, there are two other names that I've, I've okay, got. I'm waiting for a better player. Okay, Jose Altuve. Yeah, go ahead, Bobby. What were you I say? love that Jordan has just kind of taken over the auctioneering part of it, where you know <laughs> previously fun. we had a clock going, but he's like, I'm just going to bet $10 and immediately say going once, going it's, twice. All right. Oh, sorry. So if there's a real clock going, then I'll, I'll so, calm down. So 10 seconds left on the clock, I believe. I'll bid $20 for Jose Altuve. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can tell that you guys don't really care about Mr. Altuve, so it's going to make this a lot easier for me. He had three hits in the ALCS. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also played 5,000 postseason games, and uh, I kind of like him uh, to do well. But $20, maybe I'll just leave him saddled with Zach Cram. $20? Do I want anyone else? $25 for Jose Altuve. $26. (laughs) (laughs) Rings, bro. Um, 26 rings, bro. $26.30. I will go to 30 for Mr. Altuve. I will go to 35. We'll go to 35. All right. Cram's starting to realize this is this is a pretty sweet deal here. Oh, uh, boy. Well, I definitely am not picking any other pitchers. So um, I'll go to 40 for Altuve. Sure. Yeah, I'll do it. You don't want Luke Jackson? I do not want Luke Jackson. That's correct. Shh, Bobby, Bobby, come on. 42. 42. Um, okay. I will go to 45. I will go to 50 for Jose Altuve. 50 for Jose Altuve. I'm out. And I believe I have Jose Altuve. Uh, Bobby Wagner. Anybody else want to jump back in? I'm good, man. I'll give yeah. someone the option to jump back in. $50 for Jose Altuve. How much was Charlie Wharton? 50 as $50. well. $50. All right. So I have 100 for my last guy. All right. Good to Quick. know. A quick recap so far. Jordan has gotten Charlie Morton and Altuve for $50 a piece. Zach has gotten Jordan for $101. Jake and Bauman are still waiting to get their first guys. Cram, you're up to nominate. I will bid $10 for Austin Riley. $50. A hush fell over the crowd. <laughs> mm, mm. I got to pick my spots now. Nope. All right. Keep well, you don't have to. Sound you just good? need one more player. That's I good? Fifty. I'm good. No one else wants Austin Riley. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you went up to fifty for him so quickly? For Soul Chipper Jones. I watched the game. I watched the baseball games, and he's pretty good at hitting. And I think if anybody can touch Framber, it'll be him. And that's my rationale. Is that okay? Did I do enough talking about him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Austin Riley, fifty dollars to Jake. Love it. Um, and that brings it back to you to nominate the next person as well. Kyle Tucker, $50. Not for me. I, here's my, here's my concern with Tucker. I, well, Tucker and Alvarez, like 
they've both kind of, you know, they've they've been they've been having their moments. They've both hit a few few home runs. I I'm just like I feel like which I I'm trying to get the guys with the most at bats too. That's another reason why I like the Altuve pick. Since That's why you got Charlie Morton. He's higher in the order, exactly. <laughs> and I know Charlie Morton will be at least getting two at bats in game five. Um and I just feel like that is I'm I'm trying to get as many as many hits as possible, realistically. What you are underrating, Jordan, is RBI. I know. RB, yes. That is another thing which I was going to point out as I was looking at the past uh, uh, World Series MVPs. But I still. I'm, I'm so no one else would like to compete for Kyle Tucker. So I, will, oh. I will bid $55 for Kyle Tucker. I will take 56 for Kyle Tucker. I will go to 60 for Kyle Tucker. I'm glad we're saying his full name every time. It's respectful. I will go to middle name Daniel. I'm is that out. true? I'm out. <laughs> so the <laughs> bid is 60 to Kyle Tucker. Anybody else want to? I'm out. 60 to Zach for Kyle Tucker. Does anybody else want to get in? Going once. Nope. Nope. Twice. Kyle Tucker. Kyle Zach Daniel is, Tucker. Zach is cornering the market I, on lefty bats I, in the Astros lineup. I just Dodgers got the two one. best hitters on the Astros. That's yeah. great. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm very curious to see. Bauman's been sneaky quiet so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just and waiting for Adrianza. We understand. It's okay. <laughs> I believe that it's your turn to nominate if I'm remembering the order from the first round correctly. So, Bauman, let's hear who you want. All right. I am going to nominate Carlos J. Correa for $50. Mm. Team CJ Correa. Oh... If you want Bauman, you can bid 150 and get him automatically because nobody else can go that high. I'll go to 55 for Carlos C. Correa. <laughs> I'll go to 60. I'm I'll out. go to 65. 75. Take him. All right. Uh, bid is 75 to Bauman. Does anybody else want to get in on the action for Carlos Correa? No. I don't know. Is it his time? I, I saw that it's his time. Is it his well, this time is again? The, the thing. He hit 250 in the, AL, in the ALCS. And what's the one moment that everybody's going to remember from that series was right. his one RBI, his one home run. That's so true. I think if he's close, he's going to do something that's going to stand out and end up on the front page of the yeah. Chronicle the day after the Astros win the World Series. So what you're kind of referring to is like, you know, sometimes in a shorter series, really does take like one moment where it's like mm -hmm. oh you had one big hit and we'll just remember that so that's the mvp so that that's a good that is compelling he's most yeah. likely to give us like if howie kendrick yeah. had tapped his wrist in 2019 he wins <laughs> world series mvp <laughs> but instead he ran the bases like a professional how dare he <laughs> you think um, Ra you think rajay gets it in 2016 if he taps his wrist even though they lost ooh Gotta tap your wrist. That's how he you win. He still should have won it. Uh, wait, so I think Bauman just got him for 75. Yes. Bauman got him for 75. Yes. Uh, okay. Jordan, it's your turn to nominate. All right. Um, well, this is okay. I will put up Eddie Rosario for $5. If I get Eddie Rosario, great. I will have to root for one of the great postseasons ever, but maybe someone will, will go. We'll go on time for five dollars, Eddie Rosario. No one wants to touch Eddie Rosario <laughs> for five dollars. This was uh, the, this what was am a I single toughest player for me. <laughs> when I was making my like preliminary list, that he was the single toughest player for me to rank. Yeah, so I, like he's not going to hit five hundred again, right? Your well, extra money, um, it gets donated to the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, I was going to say, no, now Jordan can can pay for housing for his minor leaguers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's fine. You want to get, I'll, I'll, I, I'll take this extra money. Eddie and Rosario going real. once, going twice. For five bucks. Sold for five dollars. <laughs> hey, that's fine. At least I'm if gonna... you lose, you'll have a lot of people writing columns about all the future value you created. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Payroll exactly. flexibility. We'll come, at, come back at them harder next year. We're going to, we're really going to reinvest it into the team. I am not pocketing this, okay? We're I just gonna, want, we're going to sign Chris my, Bryant. I just want my fans to know that this will go to improving the team in the future. Okay, just because we ended up <laughs> spending very little on this World Series MVP draft does not mean I will not reinvest this money. So, uh, I, I, I have $95 to 
unusable dollars. <laughs> Eddie Rosario, Charlie Morton, Jose Altuve is my squad. Jordan is tapped out. That fills his roster. I believe that makes it Cram's turn to nominate. I will nominate uh, for $30, Freddie Freeman. I was perplexed as to why he hadn't come up yet. Like, did he break his leg this morning and nobody told me about it? Um, I'll bid 40 on Freeman. I can't mm. go that high. Jake, mm. are you going to let him have Freeman for $40? <laughs> I will go to... $100. I can't wait to see who Jake's waiting Jake for. Jake will go to $100 after debating <laughs> for 20 seconds whether he wanted to do 40 and now he goes to $100. Um, Zach only has $39 left, by the way, which is why yeah. Bauman went directly to 40 Oh, um, okay. Well, 100 I'll go to 105 110 They want Freddy. Can I get my other guy? 115 120. You can have him at 120. Great. Going once. Woo! Going twice. Jordan, do you want to uh, trade anyone no, off your I team? I will not be dumping <laughs> DFA? my beloved Charlie Morton. <laughs> no chance. Sorry. Uh, Freddie Freeman to Jake at $120. We're going to hold the press conference outside Angel Stadium like <laughs> Artie Moreno is going to do in <laughs> five months post-lockout when the Angels sign Freddie Freeman on February 14th, mm-hmm. and then go 81 and 81. And Freeman immediately turns into a pumpkin. Uh, it has gone all the way back around to you, Jake. You can nominate someone. Uh, see, there's one guy left that I want, but I don't want to say him because I, I, I think feel... I know who it is. I but, feel... Okay, so I'm also looking at like the odds. I'm just curious like who... I don't know how they set these. Can matches. I pass... Can I pass nominating from a nope. strategic perspective? No, because I think this now becomes part of the strategy is that yeah. you have to. Yeah, it's the opposite. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll just do this. Uh, maybe it's not the guy I want. Ozzy Albies for $20. <laughs> now, I, now I'm considering dumping Eddie Rosario for Ozzy Albies. <laughs> I, love, I love Albies, but this is a very right-handed pitching staff for Houston. Mm-hmm. No, He's not going to face good. any lefty relievers. Yeah, what I want for this offseason is for Cedric Mullins to call Ozzy Albies and tell him to stop switch hitting. No, That's but he's like, better from the right side. He is better. No, from he the is, right but side. Bauman's saying that he should not hit left anymore. It should just be right handed Ozzy Albies. Oh, yeah. I thought that Cram was saying. All right. I apologize. No, be- because he's not going to face any lefty relievers, so he will never be on a strong side. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm taking him nonetheless. 20 doll hairs. Would anybody would I, anybody like to beat that? He he was the one I was like really considering. Um, You're gonna feel real silly when Eddie Rosario remembers. Dude, that. he pops out a lot. <laughs> he really pops out. A, he just pops out. It's a lot of pop out. I'm just picturing Mark. I'm like, if I picked Ozzy Albies, I'd be like, come on, Ozzy, we just need a few more hits. You know, steal a base, steal a taco. People would remember that. We would do. You know, maybe he could hit a homer. You know, to the Crawford boxes, you know, you could poke one over there. But it, then I'm just picturing him p- just popping out. To end the World going Series once. in Game 5. In the World Series. So take him, Jake. Going I'm, twice. I'm, I'm not going to ditch Eddie Rosario. Great. You also can't, by the way. That was just a joke. You <laughs> uh, can't Bobby, cut anyone. Bobby, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to 30 on myself <laughs> oh, you're to bidding spend all my up. coin. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just yeah. for, yeah. What? Don't, don't leave with any money in your pockets. I That's like what I'm it. saying. I don't regret I'll allow strategy. it. I'll allow it. Uh, it's back to Bauman to nominate. All right. Um, I don't know. Do I toy around or I just <laughs> just pick the the guys well, I want? Well, um, wait. Cram has one more spot, correct? Is that so? Right. Just to be clear, but yeah, I've so, I've got enough to cover more than. Three so Jake times. Jake just filled up his roster. Jordan just filled up his roster. Uh, Bauman has one hundred and twenty five dollars left and two spots. Cram has thirty nine dollars left and one spot. Yeah, you can nominate and you can outbid him, but at least make it interesting. Tell us why you want the guy. All right. Um, I'm going to nominate Yuli Gurriel for mm. 65 because if I think there, if there's one guy who's going to go off and hit 500 in this series, this is it. He's, I mean, like he won the batting title, but I think he's still a really underrated contact hitter who's going to eat up this Atlanta pitching staff. I, I, well, I can't yeah, bid that high. 
<laughs> Cram's like, but, you make a lot of very good points. <laughs> however, due to the constraints of this dumb game, however, I'm broke. So, too rich. Well, for I just want to know taste. if that's who Cram wanted. Is that uh, he is not who I wanted? Okay, because I was I was going to so say Bauman should try to guess that just to you know um, screw Cram, but I guess not. So Cram and Bauman both have one spot left. Cram, it's your turn to nominate. Are you going to try to play a little mind games with him here, or, or what? I don't think he can risk it, right? If he has one target. I did bring up the specter of the DH list games earlier because I am fascinated to see what Dusty Baker decides to do here. I think Michael Brantley, for instance, is a very good choice, but will they play both Brantley and Alvarez in the same outfield, which they did in a few interleague games this season, moving Kyle Tucker over to center field. But that is a really big outfield in Atlanta and a Brantley-Alvarez-Tucker outfield would be quite an adventure out there. So Brantley is a decent backup plan, I think, if Bauman steals this guy. But I will nominate Alex Bregman for $39, which is all I have remaining. That's tough. Because it's... Um... Uh, this is the other one that I... I This is who I thought Jake was going I with. Like, but... I like Brantley's bat better than Bregman's at this point. He hasn't hit all that well, but you might... Uh... And as far as like, there's there's not a, another good team in the league that can more afford to sit at center fielder down than the Astros. Um, but now nah, I'll outbid you for Bregman. I'll take the guy who I'm sure is going to play every day. Perfect, because I wanted Brantley instead. <laughs> the mind game. Works. Oh no, I've been I've been bamboozled. <laughs> Which of course means Bregman is going to win at this point. <laughs> oh man! Uh, wait, just a quick thought about the Atlanta, the outfield in Atlanta, like the Astros in the National League Park. If it's the Framber game, they don't need the outfield. Yeah, they can just go have full two Satchel Page and just wave <laughs> the outfielders off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to be ninety-five percent ground balls, you might as well go six infielders. Also. How start, much wor- start Alexis Diaz. This is like maybe an unnecessary shot, but like, is Tucker that much worse than Lux? I know it's different situations. I'm just saying, like, I I feel like they'll probably do it. I know he only started what two games in center this year, I believe, or four games in center. Tucker did. Well, Gavin yeah. Lux famously f- flawless center field defense in this postseason. The <laughs> other difference is that Gavin Lux next to him had Mookie Betts and Kyle Tucker next yes. to him would have Jordan and Michael Brantley. I know. I know. I like the idea that the Astros watched Gavin Lux play center field in the NLCS and they were like, yep, we're in. <laughs> Loved him. it. Wow. I didn't even think so. Yeah. Brantley might just be on the bet. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they'll 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 try both depending on the pitcher in the series. I don't know. I was going to say, Charlie Morton, who was nominated first, was the only pitcher we nominated. No Max Fried, no Framber, no Tyler Matzik, which I guess is smart because I looked at the odds while we were doing this too, Jordan, and Tyler Matzik has pretty <laughs> lofty odds considering the last reliever to win World Series MVP was Mariano Rivera in 1999. He also has the same odds as Lance McCullers Jr., who... um I do not believe we'll be participating. What does Lance McCullers Jr. need to do <laughs> this World Series to win? M- Can you win MVP and not play? Here's if he like thinking. saves, Here, if like no, no, someone no. is like falling is. from the roof and like no. he catches Here's them. Here's what it is. Here's what has to happen. Uh, in his press conference yesterday, I heard uh, Lance I heard talk too. about how he's still in all the scouting meetings for you know the game planning, or whatever. What has to happen is the Astros need to sweep and. All four pitchers and sorry, every pitcher that gets interviewed has to specifically cite Lance McCullers giving them extremely good information no. uh, going into the game. That's what wins him. I don't think that's enough. I think they have to win in seven and the Astros have to allow 17 runs a game. <laughs> But all the pitchers go into the press conference and say, boy, I wish I had listened to Lance McCullers. Oh, reports before I thought you were going to say that he would win it by proxy of him not being there. Like the well, Astros pitching is so bad because <laughs> it's McCullers isn't well, there. It's your, right. Well, it's that and the point you were making about the scouting reports. I think we okay. can we can get both mm. at the same time. Guys, Tyler okay. Matzik has better World Series odds than Jack Peterson. <laughs> Jock yeah. Peterson and Jorge Soler and Danzi and Travis Darno. 
I thought about Pink Solaire. So can, can I say, well, do we want to review our teams? And then I, yeah, I have a few teams. other big big, ter- big picture thoughts before we, we, we resume. Yeah, Bauman so, ended up with Carlos up. Correa for 75, Yuli Gurriel for 65, and Alex Bregman for 40. Jordan, you ended up with Charlie Morton and Jose Altuve for $50 each. Eddie Rosario for $5. Jake, you got Austin Riley at 50, Freddie Freeman at 120, Ozzy Albies at 30. And then Zach, you got Jordan Alvarez at 101, Kyle Tucker at 60, and Michael Brantley at 39. So Jordan's the only one of us who picked players from both teams, diversifying his portfolio. Hmm. Hmm. Thanks for noticing, Zach. Appreciate that. Bauman and I just picked six-sevenths of the Astros' good lineup hitters. I figured that you guys would do that, and my thought process was, well, you know, Braves probably won't win, but if they do... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty heavy. Like, I picked Astros from the World Series, and I still believe that. So maybe my love for Charlie Morton has completely uh, blinded my my chances here. Uh, if we were, c- can we all throw out a Steve Pierce candidate if there is to be one? It's Jock. Jock, interesting. I think it's Jock. I, I think Solaire is a more fun one to just, like, come back and suddenly. But he's not going to play. Is he not going to play? Is he, he not going to start? He's against- not going to start. He's not going to start against Frommer? I think he's going to start against Frommer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, well, we'll see. So, we'll, that's, we'll see so he's going to play two-thirds of two of the seven games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just Anybody saying. like Chaz McCormick at plus 19,000? No. <laughs> A fun one would be Martin Maldonado, where like mm. he throws out four guys and hits in like big spots and hits like 280, with a home run and a uh, clutch double, and they the Astros win it in five. And Martin all the pit- Maldonado hitting two eighty. <laughs> this is a small sample. That's what I'm saying. That would be a fun one for me. You know who's got longer odds than Maldonado and is a much better hitter is Travis Darno. Yeah, Darno was the other if one. This was but going a couple rounds deeper. I would have tried to get him for a dollar. He's not throwing anyone out though. No. Oh man. <laughs> So, so that's not he's, his defense is not going to help him. Although I also thought about Darno Cram. Do you have any super the, duper long shot ones? The super duper long shot I considered, but you know, ultimately was not going to pick unless we went nine players deep as Jose Siri, because I could see him starting against Max Freed. I could see him. Mikey wrote about this today, getting some pinch running opportunities against Darno. So I could see him mm. having like two clutch hits and two stolen bases in the eighth inning. Uh, as a super long shot if nobody else hits 400 or something. I have one more prompt here. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Bauman. Looking at the list of the other three teams, who sucked? Which of the other three <laughs> participants in this draft do you look at their team and you're like, yuck, that is an abys- that, that guy did an abysmal job. You know, I hope Jordan likes his payroll efficiency because I think he really <laughs> let himself down on Roster okay. construction here. Uh, okay. Cram, who are you dunking on? Who who bungled my, this? My answer is also Jordan. Oh, because no. <laughs> he he not only I mean, maybe he was just pursuing a different tack than the rest of us, but you can see he was the only one of us who to pick a starting pitcher, and he was the only one of us to end up with a lot of leftover money, and he basically didn't use half his budget. So yeah, uh, I will maybe also, he wishes he had that one back. I will also say Jordan bungled this, uh, and then I will kick it to Jordan to ask him who he thinks bungled it. Jordan? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, if we're, <laughs> I picked the, the Astros, like I'm in on the Astros. Me choosing to diversify and going with the hot hand and the maybe one starting pitcher who can win it. Uh, I don't understand why you're dunking on my the Jose Altuve pick. I don't know. I can't believe you guys are like, what's, what is Jose Altuve going to do something in the postseason? Like, well, I think, that's crazy. I think the Jose Altuve <laughs> pick is fine, particularly considering how little you seem to need the extra money you spent on him. Right. No, I know. Well, okay. So that's true. I, I agree that my my that's not decisions. the part of your roster we're dunking. I know. On. Just to- I didn't go out striving to save money. If I had put a thousand dollars and you, if I had spent a hundred, are you telling me I should have spent a hundred and fifty on Eddie Rosario? No, of course not. It's fine. I'll ride the hot hand. Jose Randy Altuve. showed me last year you can stay hot all the way through the World Series. So we'll see. In his playoff career, Jose Altuve has a 1,077 OPS in the ALDS, a 971 OPS in the ALCS, but a, only a 679 OPS in the World Series. Right. Maybe he's a fall classic choker. That uh, sounds like clutch. he's due. <laughs> Maybe he's just tired. Um, mm. Anything else 
my friends, I think that's all I have here today. I'm, I'm nope. I feel good about this. Uh, Zach Cram, Michael Bauman, thank you so much for joining us for this World Series MVP auction draft. Uh, thank you to Bobby Wagner and Mike Wargon for producing. You guys, you guys will be recording right later this week, I assume. Friday, right on Friday, uh, which will be unless Bobby has us do it another day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> which means that will be, of course, uh, between or I guess ahead of Game Three. So you guys can look forward to seeing that on the Ring LB show. You will hear from us next week. Will the season be over? Will the season not? Jake, final thoughts. The season will not be over. We will be back in Houston, sitting in the exact same hotel rooms, but switched. (laughs) All right. We'll see if he's right. Talk to you all soon. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.